This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcasts and other student work on garnetmedia.org. What's poppin' y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Culture Jam. I'm your host as always, Zoe, and today I have a good friend of mine joining me for a little chit-chat about Childish Gambino. Uh, Levi Zwernikowski is a business management student here at the University of South Carolina. Welcome to the show, Levi. Thank you. I feel I feel very welcome. Uh, fun fact, Levi's actually named after Childish Gambino. His full name is Levi Donald parentheses Glover is wearing a Kowski. That is almost entirely true. It's actually that without the Glover. I'm Levi Donald's Wernikowski. Basically, it was, it was named after Charles Camino, 100%. Uh, another fun fact, Levi is um, the roommate of previous guest host Jack Calvary and the suite mate of other previous guest Cooper Smithson. So I got the whole gang in here. Going to start off as always, what have you been listening to lately, Levi? What's on your playlist right now? Charles Gambino is my all-time favorite, so I always delve back into him every once in a while. But currently, one song I've been obsessed with is um, Devil in a New Dress by Kanye West. I've listened to a lot more Kanye West and uh, MF Doom recently. Uh, so a lot of rap at the moment, and it's been great. It's been great. I love it. Kind of same. Not really same, but same with like the rap. I've been listening to a lot of like old school, like alternative hip-hop, uh, like A Tribe Called Quest uh de la soul digital planet stuff like that so it's kind of in the vibe it's been a rap kind of week i guess i've also this is gonna this is gonna sound like cat but it's not cat i've been listening to a song that i'm gonna play later in the episode because it's by the band that i interviewed today but it's actually a really good song it's called gps and i've been listening to that a lot so by outer ego that'll that interview will be later so stay tuned for that so Levi, do you want to give me, so obviously our topic of the day is Childish Gambino. Do you want to give me some of your favorite Gambino songs? Okay, uh, definitely the all, okay, my all-time favorite is Sober. That is my favorite song by him, just because I feel like it is, just creates a perfect vibe and it just fits any vibe ever. But um, my favorite songs by him are definitely 2005, uh, Sweatpants, Telegraph Avenue, all from uh, Because the Internet, which is his third album out of five which is the greatest album ever created. That's not a, uh, that's not opinion, actually. That's a fact. <laughs> but uh, some other great ones by him are Heartbeat, That Power, um, Pop Thieves is a great one. Redbone is a classic. Everyone's heard of that. His like uh, really popular songs like Redbone and Bonfire and 3005, they're really good, but I definitely don't think they're his best songs. I feel like some of the more underrated hidden gem songs, such as uh, Algorithm from his newest album, or Flight of the Navigator from Because the Internet are, I feel like, much better musically than those songs, but they, they don't really fit the, like, pop vibe that I feel like most popular songs have to fit. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I love Sober. I think that's my favorite one. I I have, like, a strong love-hate relationship with Childish Gambino only because of Levi. <laughs> like, I never had any particular feelings about him before I came to college, and you just, like, drilled him into my head. I still have like PTSD from that one night when you just looped Childish Gambino all night. The whole night. Yeah, it's fantastic. That one You're picture welcome. on the TV is just terrible <laughs> and amazing. But um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Childish Gambino and basically how he's like God, basically he does everything. He's um, That is true. That is true. 
Donald, Mr. Donald Glover. He's a he's a rapper, singer, actor, stand-up comedian, writer, producer, director. I think you got um, it all. Yeah. I just think he's really cool for that. I love like I think you said some at some point you had like read something where they described him. They were like Donald Glover, the multi-hyphenate. And I was mm-hmm. like, I love that. Like <laughs> that is such like a I feel like that's my life goal is to be become a multi-hyphenate. Like that's such an amazing title. But uh Mr. Don, do you know, did he start out in TV or music or like he first? started off making like mixtapes and with a comedy sketch group on YouTube. Uh, and he was one of the like very first popular YouTube channels. It was like YouTube was first like growing in popularity. Um, and so from there, uh, as he's creating these like mixtapes and remixes and sketch comedy things, he went to NYU for theater to pursue theater because he found theater in high school and was like, this is amazing. This is the greatest thing ever. I'm going to do this. Uh, and so he went to NYU. And while he was there, he started to blow up online with his mixtapes and um, YouTube channel. So he started to get like, like kind of popular, but not really famous. And Tina Fey noticed him at the time. And so Tina Fey approached him and was like, hey, do you want to come write for my show 30 Rock? And so Dog Lover was like, okay, like that's an amazing opportunity. I'd love to. And so he joins the writing team for 30 Rock. And he actually won an Emmy on the like writing team of 30 Rock. So he like already had an Emmy before anyone like even knew him for anything. And so he wrote on that for like three years. Um, and during that time, he also continued to make like a bunch of mixtapes and stuff. But he didn't make any actual like albums or anything. And then... He left the 30 Rock writing team after like three years and immediately joined the cast of Community, which he filmed for like many years. I think it was like four seasons he was on there. And he was, it was absolutely amazing. One of the greatest shows ever. It's very funny. Um, but it's great because it shows that he went from um, actually like writing on a comedic show and like doing really well there to performing in a comedic show. And so I love that he's able to just do both. Like he's not just good at one. He's like, actually funny in the like writing sense and then he can actually like act it too and i forget during this time he was also doing um improv shows in new york he would just go to clubs and do like improv shows and got comedy specials and during the time he was filming community he actually got a one-hour comedy special on netflix which is one of the best comedy specials ever and very funny uh highly recommend watching it's called a weirdo and it's absolutely amazing and so while he was doing community he ended up uh releasing his first ep and that blew up so he ended up first releasing his first album, Camp, which is amazing. And that blew up. And so it kind of like, that's when he like, like spiked. Is like during that time when he was doing Community, because Community was really popular. So everyone like knew him up from TV. And then he also had his first album and everyone was like loving it and like this super popular. And so he kind of like spiked there. And then he kind of like had an internet crash and like disappeared for like an entire year. And he's been like almost completely off the like internet grid since then it's like been very weird since then he's done a lot though something i think is cool about him is that like he does so much but he's like genuinely good at everything that Mm -hmm. he does like some people are like oh i'm a great actor and then i want to try singing and it's like terrible but they do it anyway or they're a singer and they're like yeah i want to be in a movie and it's terrible but people let them do it because they're famous but he like genuinely like excels at everything that he does like he went from, you know, writing for 30 Rock and he had an Emmy for that. And then he was on community acting, uh, community acting, and he had a lot of success for that. And then he made his own show, Atlanta. Yeah, and yeah. He acts and writes for that, or he created it, occasionally directs for it. And that's even, that even shows more breadth because he, it's a different genre. Like it's not the same kind of like comedy sitcom as like community in 30 Rock were. So, yeah. How do you feel about Atlanta? Atlanta's amazing. Uh, one of the greatest TV shows ever. 
uh, that's kind of my opinion on all of Donald Glover's work is that no matter what he does, <laughs> it's kind of like the best in the genre. Like his comedy special, it's definitely the best. His albums are the best albums out there. And his TV show Atlanta is like the funniest, like greatest TV show. It's really good. Um, it actually has season. They put out two seasons so far. They're each like 12 episodes. And then seasons three and four are being filmed right now. And so they're going to come out at some point within the next few years. So I'm very excited about that. But I think it's a very good show. Definitely recommend watching it. I don't know how he like juggles all these things. Well, I know that like he dropped, he like pulled out a community to work on like Atlanta and because of the internet and all that kind of stuff. But still like he doesn't, he didn't he like make a movie with Rihanna or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. He made a, um like a musical with Rihanna, him and Rihanna star in it. I think he wrote it and I haven't watched it, but it's on Amazon and it's, I've heard it's really good. It's like the one thing by uh, Donald Glover I haven't seen, so I definitely need to look into that. But I, I've heard it's really good. Like I've heard good things about it. It's like an hour long like musical that he wrote and then like started with Rihanna. So that's a thing. And then he was um Lion King. He voiced Simba and Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars the solo movie. He was young Lando Calrissian for the entire movie, which I haven't seen either of those. But that, those <laughs> are both like really big roles. I mean, Simba's the main character, and then. Lando is like probably the second main character to Han because they're like the two guys. Mm-hmm. What a fake fan. You haven't seen all of his movies. I'm getting there. Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> and then obviously there's a music podcast and there's like music. He is, he's really interesting because I like how he does a lot of like multimedia stuff with his albums. Like he doesn't just like, oh, I'm going to make a song and I'm going to put it out. Like he goes like over the top with it. Like, um, because the internet had this whole website, like with video story, all kinds of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever. You'd probably know more about that than I do. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> you want to talk about it a little I bit? I can talk about it. Um, because the internet, the greatest album to ever be released, um, <laughs> it came at a very, in a very weird way. Like, it's not like, oh, here's my cool new album. Everyone listen to it. He, um, he kind of like, like I said, he spiked in like popularity during this time. And then he just completely disappeared. And so he was one of the first internet stars because he grew through popularity through like his YouTube channel and through posting music online. And he would only post his like mixtapes and everything online. That's the only way you could get it. And that was such a change in like the early 2000s from the way that like normal rappers would do it because they'd have like actual physical mixtapes. Like they wouldn't post a lot of stuff online because a lot of them just didn't know how to do it. And so he was one of the very first like super popular internet people and he just disappeared from the internet. And so everyone was wondering like where he went because he dropped out of community too. So he's not on TV anymore. He wasn't posting any more music. Like he wasn't doing anything. And so he came back after like a year. He was just gone for like an entire year. And he came back with this like really long post on Instagram about how like he was going through like a really rough time. And like the girl he thought he was going to marry, like that relationship didn't work out. And like a lot of like close people to him died. And he like had a whole existential crisis and was in a really bad place. And so he said that what he did is he went and rented out Chris Bosch's mansion, um, the NBA player, and he made this place that he called The Palace, and him and a bunch of other rappers lived there for like an entire year. And then other rappers like Chance the Rapper and Rick Ross and a bunch of other people would just like visit and like hang out and like record stuff. And so, because Charles Camino, what he decided was that he's like, the world is bad. All this terrible stuff is happening. It's not healthy out here with the internet and the whole environment of everything. So he's like, instead of just dealing with that and being like, oh, this sucks. Like, I guess it just has to suck. He's like, no, he's like, I'm going to go create my own little world and just like live in that. And I'm just going to like make that good. So he did that and they lived there. And during this time, they recorded the album Because the Internet, which is a very existential album. 
with his first album camp a lot of the main themes were like his childhood and not fitting in and like just general racism and homophobia that he saw and it was very like very personal but because the internet is a lot more existential and it's a lot more like why try like what's the point of life like what's the point of relationships it's like a much more questioning existential kind of darker album and i think that's really good because i feel like it's it's an album that everyone can relate to in some way shape or form because i feel like everyone kind of hits that point at some point in their life where they realize that like nothing really matters like when you sit there and think about like nothing really matters and so this album kind of has very artistically kind of voices that and kind of like shows that like yeah nothing matters but that doesn't have to be a bad thing you know that's what i love about it and so yeah uh, when he released this album he you can look at a lot of interviews during this time because he he went from like disappearing for like a year to doing a lot of interviews and like talking about this album and promoting this album and just saying hey like listen to this album and so he released a website at the same time as the album. They had to buy the, the album on, sorry. And he also released a YouTube video at the time that was a prequel to the album because he wrote an entire screenplay to go with the album that you're supposed to listen to at the same time as the album. And along with this, there were video clips like embedded on the website they're supposed to watch at certain points in the like in the in the album. And all the video clips were completely silent because you're supposed to like be listening to certain songs at certain parts of them. So it's like really cool. Um, and he created this whole character called The Boy um, that was the main character of this screenplay that he wrote. And it's really interesting because in the songs themselves, when they're talking about, when, when he's rapping and he's just like actually talking, sometimes he's talking from the perspective of the boy. Um, sometimes he's talking from the perspective of Childish Gambino where it's just like, he's just like his beefed up rap moniker where he's just like trying to sound cool and like overdo it and then sometimes he's actually donald glover and just like talking about himself and so it's really weird because like sometimes you just have no clue which of the three people it is because in the first album sometimes it's donald glover and sometimes it's childish gambino like if you know bonfire like that's not that's not a lot of like donald glover like that's very childish gambino him like trying to just like rap and be like as offensive and like cool as possible and just like get it out there and then songs like the first one in the album outside it's just like entirely about his childhood like that's very donald glover and so this album kind of takes that. It's like, oh, let's just throw a third person in here. The boy, this fictional guy who just is also here as well. Um, so it's really interesting because like you don't really know a lot of the time who's saying what or like what it really applies to. But another thing that I think is really cool about it is that a lot of the times the lines apply to all the people because there's this connection between him and Charles Cambino where they're not really the same person, but they also kind of are. And the boy is the same way where the boy has these connections to Tyler Scambino and Donald Glover, where all three are different people, but they have these similar traits that kind of all pull them together as one, like that stuff they can all relate to. And his outfit that he would wear for this like character, uh, he would wear to every single interview. And it was like a Hawaiian shirt and like these like cargo shorts or something. And he'd wear that to every single interview he went to. And he said that it was like a way of um, like cartoon characters wearing the same outfit every episode. It's like a <laughs> way where the outfit kind of becomes a character and it's like an extra level of personification. Like he's becoming the character. Um, and so during his interviews and stuff, he would always, he was always like acting like the boy, but like also talking like, like Donald Glover. So it's really weird because he's doing this whole like, um, What's it called when you like pretend to be the character you're performing as? I forget what the term for that is. Uh, method acting, where he's like yep. method acting as the boy, but at the same time, he's also doing interviews and talking <laughs> as himself. And so, yeah, he had this like website that was like super weird and all this stuff's going on there. And there's this music store in uh, New York where at the time he created the boy's bedroom and you could go and visit it and like actually see this like space. 
And so it was just like a whole like universe he created. And he mentioned it a lot in the interviews at the time was that he said he didn't want to make an album because he was like, for important ideas, an album is like nothing. He's like, it's just songs. And like, you don't have enough there to actually say what you want to say. So he's like, I want to create whole universes that you could spend like years in a time in, you could spend years in at a time if you really wanted to. And so that was kind of his like, biggest task because up until this point he was just like doing a lot of like small things and like just seeing what like what works and at this point he's put all of his energy and like all of his creative output into this one like world which was like an album and a screenplay and a website and like hidden songs and all this random stuff and it all just like collides to create this one like story that's like super interesting and I think it's like absolutely amazing (laughs) that is kind of amazing I think it's really cool because the whole thing is very representative like of the internet it's like this internet the internet is like this whole random universe of like we don't even it's i don't know technically it's just like wires and stuff yeah it's like i don't know we get onto it and it's just like this infinite universe of just like everything and like nothing and so i like how he channeled that and like he did everything like everything that you really kind of can do mm-hmm. he did and he tied it into this and i think it's interesting how like the different personas because i feel like that's kind of makes a comment on like how social media has turned us into these, like, we have these different faces that we, like, put out. We have different, like, specific ways, like, that we present ourselves, like, on the internet, and it all kind of blurs together, and it's, like, is this, like, actually Zoe doing this, or is this, like, Instagram Zoe, or is this, like, I I don't know, whatever Zoe, and it's, like, who really is Zoe? Like, you have no idea of knowing, especially with, like, celebrities, because, like, even, like, people you know, it's, like, you know them in real life, and, like, that's that person, and then you know them online, and that's, like, a whole other person, and so that's like the the Gambino, the boy, the Glover, mm-hmm, the whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, especially with um, celebrities, because you really don't know who they are as a person. So like, like, you know, like back in the day, it was like, you would just know, obviously like their characters, their music, their acting, whatever they did. And then just whatever like was in like the newspapers and stuff like that. And now there's that. So it's like filtered through like the big media. And then it's also like whatever you see through social media. And it's just like all these different sides that like just everybody has and it's so weird. And then he said something about when he talked about the album, he said, like talking about the title of the album, he said, because of the internet, I'm here because of the internet, we're all here. It's the language of the earth. Everyone keeps saying by this year, that year, Mandarin or Spanish will be the most dominant language, but the internet is already a language we are all connected to. Even my dad can understand the meme format. But the thing is, there are no rules, which is also the awesome thing. I think the awesome thing about him is that he has no rules. Like, yeah, when I listen to definitely. his music, I, like, I don't know. At first, I didn't really like him because when I listened to it, I'm like, what is this? Like, what is happening? It's all understand. over the place. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> but like, because it's like, obviously, there's like the radio hits that are like, yeah, this sounds good and whatever. And then you get into other stuff and it's like, what is this? Like, what is he doing? What does this mean? But obviously, like, if you, for someone like you that like understands it, it actually like there is a rhyme and a reason. And that is one of my favorite things is what I don't understand what he's doing. Cause it's great. Cause I'm like, Oh, he's doing something here. And like, he's feeling it. So like, I'll, I'm feeling it. Like I got no clue what it means, but that's great. It sounds cool. In the last episode, I was talking with Tyler about Melanie Martinez and how I really like uh, artists who have like kind of conceptual albums, but they also tie in like uh, societal like themes and like real life commentary and stuff like that. And I think Childish Gambino is definitely another artist who does that he's really dope I know the first time that I ever really like noticed um him was definitely when the this is America like came out yeah and that, that kind of blew was, up 
and I was like I like I knew who he was but I didn't really like I didn't, I didn't really pay attention and then that came out I was like oh this is a song um this is quite a video <laughs> yeah and um that's even another thing is just like so much of like his persona and just who he is as like he's such like a, the perfect representation of like the internet generation like as a celebrity like just everything about him even like that video like would not have I don't know you probably couldn't put that out like however many years ago and like it wouldn't have gotten like the attention that it did yeah definitely not and like even like the issues that like it was commenting on like with the whole black lives matter and stuff like that that never like I don't like there have been like movements like that in the past um that came up but it definitely the whole thing behind that was like it really spread because of social media and stuff like that so yeah he's just very He's very interesting <laughs> very all over the place and that's what i love about his um albums because like what you said he's like the perfect representation of like the internet generation and i feel like his albums kind of show that because like he's got five albums and you go back to his last album uh camp and that was him like his breakthrough album his first album he ever made like him giving his like life story and his opinions and stuff and it's just like it's all over the place after that like it's like little time capsules capsules of his life where you, like where you can see exactly what he was thinking and what he was seeing during those times. So like it starts off with camp and he's like, oh, like this is what I've seen so far. This is how I feel. Here's some like good rap songs. And then it goes with because the internet where he's like, oh, I'm going to create like a whole universe here about like depression and the whole like world not mattering. Like this is this would be cool. And then he put out Kawhi, which was like a huge step back from uh because the internet and it's like very it's got sober in it and pop thieves and it's a very short album but it's like very happy and like very just like upbeat and nice and fun and he's got a song on there where him and Jaden just like talk for like three minutes at the end Jaden Smith uh, which is like really funny um and then after that he does awaken my love where he starts to go into like a lot more almost like almost tribal like music and sounds but at the same time more techno so it's like weird because he branches into both at the same time and he kind of like like meshes those two like genres together while still sometimes not as often in the last ones but he sometimes has like some rap in there but it's more it's much more r&b like his newest two albums are much more r&b than they are actual rap and then his newest album 31520 that he released last year is just entirely just like crazy and super like techno and all over the place and very weird because he hasn't said much about it like he's been very like as time has gone on he's been less and less on the internet and at this point he doesn't do like anything he does interviews like every once in a while he doesn't go on tour with his albums he doesn't like do a lot of interviews he doesn't post anything on twitter or like instagram hardly ever so he kind of just like released this album out of nowhere without warning anyone and then since then he doesn't even like talk about it that much he's just like oh here's an album <laughs> so it's it's pretty cool i like it yeah and it's funny how like we were saying he's kind of like the quintessential like internet whatever but he's also like kind of the opposite because like you said like he doesn't he's really leaned away from it and he like doesn't mm -hmm. post on social media like he had a whole family and he like doesn't really like he's very private about it mm -hmm. like he doesn't post about that kind of stuff so that's interesting as well it's weird because yeah when he first like blew up all of his popularity and fans and everything came from like the internet and so he kind of leaned into that and was like okay i'm like an internet star like i'm gonna use the internet to my advantage and he did really good at that but as he kind of got older and like saw more in his life he realized like social media like as a whole really isn't that healthy for like what he wanted to do and what he was doing and so he was in it like super heavily at the beginning and then he started to like wean off it until like the past years when he's completely just like cut it off and he just only uses social media to like communicate with his fans when he wants to say something important. 
Like that's the only time he uses it. He doesn't like announce anything. He doesn't talk to people. Like that's it. And so it's super interesting the way he does that. Yeah, Childish Gambino. He's dope. He's awesome. Everything he does is great. I would agree Pretty with cool. every single one of those. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on and talking to me, Levi. Thank you for having me on. I had a fantastic time. Okay, uh, y'all, that was that. Uh, coming up next, I have an interview with a local Columbia band, Outer Ego. It's a great interview, so stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, uh, I'm going to play a clip from their single, uh, GPS. So listen in. All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to Culture Jam. I have with me now Outer Ego, a synth funk band based here in Columbia, South Carolina. Outer Ego recently released their single GPS in February 2021, and that's available on all your favorite music platforms. Welcome to the show, y'all. What's up? Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course. Thanks for coming on. But yeah, I'm I'm Trey. I play guitar. I'm Adam. I'm the drummer. And I'm Katie. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Just to start off, do you guys want to tell me like what you've been listening to lately? What's on your playlist right now? A lot. I've had the uh, Silk Sonic, oh, Leave yeah. the Door Open, yeah, just on repeat. Um, and I've been watching their performance at the Grammys a lot. Uh, so that off the top of my head, that's definitely been... Lay and Patrice just came out with a new song too. Oh yeah, let imperatrice. Yeah, imperatrice. <laughs> I always say that, but still. Um, let imperatrice is a band out of France, um, and I know that they're, yeah, they're releasing an album soon. Right? I think so. Mm -hmm. That should be pretty good. Yeah. So, how do you guys like? How would you describe your sound? Your kind of the genre of outer ego. Um, we're so we we say synth funk at the very beginning because like that's probably the easiest thing the way to like put us under an umbrella because we like funk music and we have a synth player that's like, very dominant um, in our sound so synth funk is kind of what we what we call it uh but it definitely is um a, a mix of a lot of like r&b sound um definitely some uh we have some kind of classic rock i think yeah there's rock, some yeah. yeah we a have a little bit of like disco yeah oh, because we we all have while we all really like that sound we also really like kind of some different styles like we all kind of came from different areas so um it all kind of gets put into the music yeah, yeah, I'd say definitely if, if we tried to like kind of define it, um, it's uh, a, a good blend of like some R&B um, and, and funk music. And funk music. Yeah. 
Nice. Do you have any like specific artists or anything that you like draw a lot of kind of influence from? We like parcels a lot. I think collectively as a band, probably. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. That's probably the one that's the most comparable to like what we're trying to do. Parcels, um, they're based out. I think they're based out of Germany, but um, they're from Australia. So we we like a lot of foreign bands. Um, and we kind of like the the European style of yeah. kind of kind of like the the club like disco um, you kind of yeah. Like chill, pop. <laughs> I guess kind of dreamy dance music kind of in a way too. Yeah. Yeah, like if you uh, we think that, <laughs> I think a a good band to compare it to now or. I guess they don't, they aren't together anymore now. Uh, it kind of sounds like Daft Punk in a way. Um, it's not as electronic as Daft Punk, um, but I think it, it definitely kind of merges that um, electronic and that uh, disco sound. You guys talked a lot about how you guys pull from like a lot of different influences and you guys come from different backgrounds. When it comes to like the songwriting process, is it kind of what is like the process between all of you? Is it more like collaborative or kind of individualistic or like how does that usually go? Uh, it's definitely pretty collaborative and I'd say it's pretty like impromptu. Like a lot of the stuff we end up coming up with is kind of jammed on first and we're just like trying things out and kind of working with a baseline chord progression and then just building on top of that. And like, little embellishments and things we end up adding in later just come from like improvisation a lot of the time. Also a lot of our songs like like GPS the one that we just released uh, I don't think we had that one like really finished before like we, we went into the studio yeah and we were still kind of like trying to add on ideas while we were in the studio <laughs> so like we had we had a vision of like what we wanted it to sound like we had played it but we continued to kind of try to push it um and, and so that that's something that i feel like kind of kind of goes to how we originated as a band we we started off by just being a group of musicians that like to play with each other and we like to you know like uh, collaborate um, and, and we would just get some really simple chord progressions and uh, one of us would take a solo and the rest of us would hold back and it just kind of grew from that um, so our process definitely um, it's very fluid as well it, it just like the you might hear a song like if you come watch us at a show like you might hear us play it one way and then the next show like we might have something different because we just are constantly kind of trying to push the the same idea or, or push like the idea that we had to a new direction yeah is there anyone like in specifically that like writes the lyrics uh there, there's the first few I, I didn't though and then there's like because uh, like a few of them Trey wrote I think yeah I wrote yeah. it's it's hilarious so like I wrote the first few songs um and you can really tell a difference I think in the lyrics <laughs> like because like like Katie um 
Katie has her has like this like beautiful like style to her writing where like she talks about a lot but I feel like she doesn't like say too much yeah which is awesome background imagery kind of um with my lyrics I was a lot more like sad boy and like to the point like I'm so sad like <laughs> so <laughs> I think I like a stream of consciousness when I'm sitting right there so yeah um, <laughs> so whenever we whenever we first started yeah I, I wrote the first couple but um that uh, over time it's kind of shifted into Katie's responsibility well Katie do you have anything that like you draw the most like lyrical inspiration from like what do you like to write about when um, it is kind of like the imagery of things, you know, I say the stream of consciousness, but like every day is kind of different, like things aren't going to be the same day to day. So it's kind of cool to like write a song on one day, and that stream of consciousness just kind of turns into like imagery, and then you can use it in the song. And then you can just write another song another day, just feel in a totally different way. And so it's just, it's kind of fun to do it like that. Because when we write, it's fun, because we do have like a basic chord progression, and then we build off of that. And then have to sit there for like a few minutes and kind of see like what I can I could do with it and then go back and change stuff later you know if it's not you know terrific or just like a weird stream of consciousness but still it's it's fun to do it like that. You um you recently released GPS and that's been getting a little bit of attention when you're working on music and writing songs how do you kind of choose like which songs you want to record and like put out into the world and what's that decision making process like because you did talk about how like you'll work on, you know, different songs for a long time and change them. How do you kind of decide, like, this is what we want to put out right now? Well, we were kind of on a budget. Um, so we we, uh, we only had so much time in the studio. So we kind of just had to pick, like, okay, what's a song that we feel really comfortable with? We really liked, I think we all really liked it as a mm -hmm. band. I mean, it, it just, um, it, it was fun to play, even though it's, like, not really the hardest thing or probably the most exciting thing that we do I, I think that we all just kind of were fond of it so it, it came down to time and budget but also like we feel really good about this song um and, and we know that other people like it as well because yeah. we had we had played it live um and we had gotten you know pe people um to compliment it when they heard it live um and so we're, we're, I think we're glad that uh, we put that one out, but um, we have a, a lot of our other songs, I get, I guess, are a little bit more experimental um, and, and get a little bit. They're definitely different. They're probably like groovier, I would say. Yeah, GPS yeah. was like a very um, basic and safe song. So I think we're really excited to record more and kind of be in the process of putting that out because um, wh while we put that one out and it's gotten a, a lot of good reception, we feel like we've, we've still got a lot of like ground to cover in terms of like showcasing our sounds and things. And I think that's, um, that, that also is kind of gonna go into the process of how we decide to release the next songs um, is like, kind of learning from that experience and, and saying like okay what uh what kind of sound do we want to push next what kind of style or genre do we want to push next that we think the audience will connect to you know kind of keep keep building on that momentum 
I'm going to backtrack a little bit. How did you all meet or like how did you become a band? I've known all of these people like throughout like different areas of my life um, for a long time. Like I went to school with Adam since like the sixth grade. Yeah. Um, I knew Katie through music, um, just both taking music lessons from the same teacher. Um, and then I actually met Smith and Michael through a previous band that I was in. They were friends with some of my bandmates. Um, so I kind of, I knew all of these people and I really wanted to start a band. So I, I, it first originated with just me, Smith and Michael, and we would just kind of get together here where we're at right now. And uh, we'd throw on a drum loop and it was just keys, piano, or yeah, it was keys, bass and guitar, no drums, no vocals or anything. It was just us like jamming. And then we were like, we need a drummer because uh, this like looping stuff is not fun. So um, I, I knew Adam, I had always wanted to like play with Adam and I had always wanted to like jam with him because I knew his ability was like, it, you know, off the charts. So I hit him up and he stuck immediately. Like, you know, he, he jumped right in. Um, and then one day Katie heard us jamming here and was like, hey, that sounds good. Um, and just kind of stopped yeah. to hear more. <laughs> and then she didn't, she didn't necessarily ask to be in the band, but it kind of just worked out where we were like, we need a singer. Yeah. And but I was like, if y'all ever need somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, it, it kind of was just a, a process of everybody just kind of wanting to it, it, it was a process of everybody really enjoying the music first and foremost. And then we're like, hey, we can actually be a band. We should try to like, you know, maybe market this a little bit and like explore like our, our possibilities. So how would you describe like the relationship between all of you now as a band or as friends? Like what's the dynamic like? Is it chill? Is there some conflict or? <laughs> no, there definitely has been like, when I when I say conflict I've been in some other bands and like the amount of conflict that there is in this band is like so minimal compared to like compared to other things and I think that anytime that there is like a butting of heads it's because everybody like we are all very like committed to this and we all have like these great ideas that like we want to like manifest and um you know sometimes some ideas might not get pursued as as other ideas as, yeah. as hard as other ideas and you know but I think as a group we've really kind of learned to just like trust each other and just trust that like this person's gonna like get it done or this person's gonna do what they need to do and I think that's really good as that's important as any kind of like collective body, um, just to have kind of that trust that, um, you know, the other person is going to know their part. They're going to know, you know, when this, when this change happens or when we need to go to this song. And the, I think that's been the, that, that could be the word that I, I say really describes like my relationship with them now is like, I, I've, I've grown to trust them a lot more. 
um, the more that we've played together, not just in music, but like in life as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of fun too. Like we'll, we'll go out and do things, just go bowling or roll or whatever, and we just hang out. So yeah, we, we do like to have fun. We um, do like to have fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, 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 and party. We like to party. Yes. <laughs> you guys have any funny or weird stories? I think, uh, oh, there was a little, well, yeah, before, before we even recorded this episode, we were talking about, like, uh, like, having a bunch of files on our, like, computer and our computers being slow. So the first song that we ever released um, that's out on Spotify is called Music on My Mind. And I recorded that on my laptop. So like it wasn't done in a studio or anything. It was just like as about as bare as it could possibly be with like the most minimal amount of equipment. And there were so many different like edits and audio things that I did on this track like my computer would just crash like every single time I opened up this this file. So whenever like um, we put out the GPS, um, a lot of people that had heard like music on my mind, they're like, oh my gosh, GPS sounds so much better than music on my mind. And I'm like, yeah, that's because my laptop was literally just like exploding every single time. Like, <laughs> I tried to open it up and work on this file. So I guess that was, <laughs> that's kind of, that's yeah. my file story that I was telling you about earlier. We, um, there was that one homeless guy that, Oh yeah. Remember that homeless guy <laughs> before the gig. Yeah. That was like, uh, he was insisting that like, did we owe him money or did we owe him beer? One of was, the two. Some, I keep wanting something, but he was confident that he knew Michael. Like he had seen Michael, <laughs> seen Michael before. Like two weeks ago or something, he was like, I know this guy. I'm going to walk up and ask him. And we've got to play. So, like, we're, we've got to play later. And this guy's just like demanding <laughs> that, like, he's like, I saw you last week and you said you were going to give me, like, <laughs> like a drink no yeah it was like a drink or something it's like you said you were gonna give me a drink and we're just like do not know who (laughs) you are there that's um i there's so many random people that you meet through like music especially doing shows like yeah yeah like just like the sound of music just attracts people and it attracts like the universal yeah it attracts really cool people but then sometimes it attracts just some like crazy people that you're like oh my gosh I gotta get out of here as the drummer in the back uh, that brick walls behind you or whatever I can kind of turn around oh and, and just see people like peering over that wall there'll just yeah. be people like hanging out on that wall yeah most of the stories that like come I'd say like from the band have come from just like people that we've that have just kind of come up to us from hearing our music. Uh, and, and I think that's that's a really cool thing, like I said, is it, it can attract a lot of people um, and, and you get like, you meet some really cool people that way. Um, and you also meet some really interesting, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> like, can I away, please? <laughs> you kind of mentioned that uh, maybe a couple of you have been in bands before. 
So um, you've kind of spent most of your time as Outer Ego like during COVID. So like, how has the experience of starting a band and kind of trying to get things going like been different than projects you've worked on before? Lots of practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. That was really like, um, whenever we first started and we first were getting together, like we had this idea of being a band, but we were all like so bogged down with our lives that it was mostly just like, we're just gonna get together and jam and hang out and see what comes of it. But then COVID hit and suddenly we had nothing but time then we just that was like the only thing that we really could do was like just play music um and we couldn't play music for anybody uh we could just kind of play it for us collectively and um that gave us a, a ton of time to write stuff and so we kind of got uh it, this was the first band that i had been in where we kind of had started from the ground up. Um, I had joined some other bands that had already been established um, or were just not really like, they were just playing like covers or, or things like that, didn't have original music. So um, I'd say it, it definitely was very helpful for us because we, we had a lot of time just at the very beginning, even though we didn't uh, we didn't know each other too well, but we had COVID to like grow as musicians. And then in the fall, whenever some opportunities came up, you know, we could put on a show and it's our first show ever, but we've been playing and practicing for the last like, you know, six or seven months. And a lot of people were surprised by that. They, they were like, oh my gosh, how, how do y'all sound so good? did have one gig right before COVID hit though. Oh, yeah. Which was, that was, yeah, we, that was the first one I had ever sang with them. And it was, it was just a big jumble of things, but we also had this band that followed us up. That was, um, uh, they were like the headliner. Super, City. Super City was yeah. friggin' awesome, but they had to cancel their whole tour due to COVID, but check them out. Cause they're really cool. They were doing a nationwide tour. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really funny because like we our first show ever was like opening for this like band um, out of Maryland. That's where they are from. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, well, I shouldn't say it was funny. It, it was really it was really sad. It was an interesting experience. Yeah, it just looked like a bunch of kind of like ragtag musicians wearing like totally different stuff you like, can find it on youtube just going it's there, there. it's on youtube if you type in outer ego um and it'll sh it'll say like white mule um her dad filmed it so yeah <laughs> so that's gonna be on the internet forever our, our very first show like before covid before all the practice um yeah I, yeah, I tried to kind of block that one out of my mind. <laughs> there was a, a an outer ego show that were, were it we really even called, wasn't even outer ego. Were we even called what? outer ego at that point? There was a show, I think so. There was a show that Katie wasn't in the band yet. Um, I couldn't even go to it, so we had my friend fill in for guitar for me. 
So yeah, there were two, I guess, shows that we had yeah. before COVID. That was the first gig that Michael or Smith or I had ever played, I think. So that was honestly just kind of a, a building moment to get used to that environment. How often do y'all get to perform now? Right now it's about once a month, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a little on and off. We'll kind of have a lot pop up at one time and then we'll go on a break for a while and not have anything. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been starting to book some more stuff recently, so it should start to pick up. In the fall, um, we had a little we had a little spurt there in the fall where we were getting a lot of gigs. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of when school had just started, the weather was still nice. So we could do, uh, or it was warm outside. So we could do more gigs like outdoors. Um, and then once the winter came, those opportunities kind of closed up. Um, and, and so now we're kind of in the process of, like Adam said, booking some more um, but it has been very frustrating because like a lot of places aren't doing music at all. Um, and then the majority of places who are doing music are really only wanting like solo acoustic acts. Um, so bands just kind of aren't in the rotation yeah. right now. Um, and I guess it's because you don't want to have five people up on a stage at one time. I, I that's kind of what I think. You um, want to draw a crowd maybe or something, mm -hmm. but Th that's definitely been kind of a frustrating thing. Um, but but we uh, like we started this band with COVID, and we started this band like not really having that many opportunities. So we we grew to just kind of love like what we did and then the shows came after that so um it, it's not like we it deters us away from like still wanting a still wanting to like create a, a product or create a sound um it, it in a way it it might like motivate us i think a little bit more to really you know put on a show whenever we can get that opportunity We've had a couple places that have been really good to us as far as booking and stuff. Uh, Twisted Spur, we played a few times. And then uh, Market on Main has been really good. And, um, we got uh, Fireforge Brewery in Greenville. Yeah. Um, we got a gig with them in January. And then they invited us back um, in April and June. Um, so we got a... A, a lot of like breweries and kind of places that have like outdoor settings um, that that's really they've shown us a lot of love and we're appreciative of that. Yeah, of the shows that you've gotten to do, do you, any of you have like a favorite that you've done or any experience that stuck out? I don't know, like Fireforge that one time because we got to like travel and like go in an Airbnb. Yeah, and that stuff. was that was, was really cool experience. Yeah, playing outside of like the city that you're from um is is definitely like uh, a good like stepping stone as a musician um because you're getting outside of your comfort zone but we also um met a lot of cool people that night just you know who 
uh, would have never heard us um, if we hadn't gone up there. Um, and it, it was a cool venue too. They've got Definitely. a cool setup. Like it's kind of just a, a big like. It's an old like mechanics place, I think. And they just kind of turned it into a free open, like the big bay garage door, bringing all this stuff through there. And then the most recent Market on Main gig, I would say, is up there for me just because that was our biggest crowd. And uh, just to see the crowd growing kind of naturally is, is really nice to see. Between performing live and recording and releasing music and I don't know, rehearsing and stuff, what do you feel like is the most like rewarding part of being a band or a musician in general? That's a that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of rewarding stuff. Um, I, I think my favorite thing is just the fact of that I'm able to like do something that I love. Yeah. And do it with other people, for other people, um, and just kind of share that with others. When Whenever you're, pra you can practice in your room all the time um, and you, you can play for yourself all the time, but um, you know, whenever you get somebody that, that might, you know, clap for you or, or say, I, I loved that song or, or that was really good. Um, that definitely, um, keeps me going. So I, I really just have appreciated like all the people who have given us the, the validation that like they support like what we're doing and they like what, what we're doing that like, that just makes me want to continue to like work even harder. Yeah, some of the, the best time at, at gigs isn't even playing. It's that like 10 minutes after we stop playing when people are just kind of coming up and introducing themselves to us and, and saying what songs they like and, uh, and things like that, which they enjoyed the, the show. So moving forward, what are kind of the bigger goals for Outer Ego? Like, what do you hope to accomplish in the near future? Kind of, where do you think it's going? kind of working on putting out some promotional content right now. I, I think our our goal right now is to just kind of get our our image out in the area that we're in a little bit more. Um, and we're continuing to kind of like just put out like some like more videos and just some more content. Uh, but our, our long-term goal is we want people to you know, when, when you think of like music in Colombia, the first band that everybody says is Hootie and the Blowfish. Like we want to, that I think that's the level that we would like to get at is where we become synonymous with like the music scene here. Like if yeah. you think about like music in Colombia, you think about Outer Ego um, and South Carolina in general. So that's obviously the, the biggest goal that we have. Um, and we, we wanna do that by just trying to, I guess, give a different experience for people and give them something that they can really remember. And that, that won't, I guess, kind of fall into, into something that, that they might see somewhere else around here. They might just be like, wow, like, that that's different. That's something that I can get behind. So that's that's I think our biggest goal is to just become like synonymous with the music scene itself.
All right, y'all. Thanks for listening in. I'll catch you next time. I'm Zoe, and this was Culture Jam.